0: to everyone. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Luke 23, verse 32. That's where we're going to start today. A great scripture. But before we jump in to the message, I want to take a moment and give it up to our senior pastor, Craig Groeschel. Craig was out this week speaking at a conference, and he's speaking with a guy, I don't know, you may have heard of him, George W. Bush. Yeah, just hanging out at a conference with George W. Bush Friday night, He has dinner at a reception dinner with George W. Bush. Me, Friday night, I had dinner with my mother-in-law, but we had hamburgers, so it wasn't too bad. But I want to give it up to Craig. Craig has been my pastor personally and my family's pastor for 13 and a half years. We've been blessed to be under his teaching and leadership. And I mean, the guy is just a great man of God, and aren't we just so blessed aren't we? To have him as our senior pastor, to have his great teaching each week. And I just want to honor him. He's a true man of God. I know him very well. We're good mates. He's the real deal and i uh, just so grateful to see what god is doing in and through him here at life church and what god is doing through you all just blows me away can you imagine where we're going to be in another 10 or 20 years it's just too hard to fathom uh, god is doing so much through life church it's just it's awesome it's wonderful all right so we're in this series yeah let's give it up i mean come on this stuff just does not happen every day And we don't realize how blessed we are. Now, I'm just going to give you a little five cents here, a little little advice, blokes. When you go home, tell your wife how awesome she is, how blessed you are to be married to her. Get some points, because often we take so much for granted, don't we? All right, in this great series called Red Letters, we are looking at the words of Jesus as he hung on the cross, kind of the, the last words before he departed, from this earth. And uh, we have a saying in Australia. Yeah, we do. And uh, it's among blokes, that's men, where we have these famous last words. Now, it usually takes place in a pub or at a barbie. And the guy's standing there and he's got a beer in his hand, all right? And he reaches over and he says these famous last words. He says, mate, hold my beer, watch this. Now, Whenever you hear these words, let me tell you, you're gonna, you're gonna, a couple things are going to happen. Number one, there's going to be broken furniture, I guarantee it. Maybe some broken bones, but there'll be big embarrassment. And if you hear those words, hold my beer, watch this, look out, run for the heels, you don't want to be around. We're looking at the words of Jesus. And in Luke 23, verse 34, Jesus is actually saying the very first words as he hung on the cross. Now, Jesus had just been beaten. He'd just been humiliated, spat on. He'd been punched in the face over and over, beaten with a rod. He was flogged 39 times with this evil whip thing with bone and stones and stuff. And when you would whip the person, flesh would come out. And, and, and he was humiliated. To a point where he was unrecognizable because of the bodily damage that was done to him. Not to mention the emotional damage of of creation. Doing that just travesty to the creator. And so he marches up with his cross onto a hill called the skull. And he had on one side of him a criminal and on the other side a criminal. And he stands in the middle. And he looks down on his accusers. And he looks down on those Roman soldiers that just humiliated him and beat him and were ruthless. And he looks down on those scribes and Pharisees that were just full of hate and jealousy. And he says these words that just changed everything. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, I don't know about you, but if it's me, I'm saying, Father, kill them. Father, destroy them. Father, take them out. We need justice. Deal with this situation now. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them. And as we look at this message today, it really applies to everybody. Because we all have somebody that we need to forgive. You see, in life, we all have someone who we have an offense with. Maybe you're holding a grudge. Maybe it's uh, with a spouse. You've had an argument and you really haven't put it to rest. Or maybe it happened weeks and months ago and you're still harboring it. Maybe there's something going on at work. And uh, you are holding a grudge and you just can't let it go. Who is it today that you need to forgive? I don't want you to pass on this message. This message applies to you because every single one of us, we need to receive God's forgiveness But also, as we find out in Scripture, we need to give forgiveness to others. These were more than just words as Jesus hung on the cross. They were a prophecy that was predicted 700 years earlier by the prophet Isaiah. And we can read that in Isaiah 53, verse 12, where it says, He bore the sin of many, that's Jesus, and made intercession for the transgressors. What's intercession? What's intercession? Well, intercession is prayer. And these words was a prayer. He's praying, Father, he's praying to his God, his Father. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You may be praying for someone who is so far from God, you think they'll never come to church. They'll never know him as their Lord and Savior. Never quit, never give up on praying for those who you think there's no chance. Jesus prayed those words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. These words were more than just a prayer. They were more than just a prophecy that really changed everything when it comes to forgiveness. You see, before Christ, the response was when you're offended, that people would respond by saying, you owe me and justice is mine. You can write that down. You owe me and justice is mine. You see, there was a law that said you could have an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. You may have heard that. And it was a law that basically said, hey, if you hurt me, man, I'm going to hurt you the same amount. And so often, 2,000 years later, we have that same response, don't we? Someone hurts us, man, we get ticked off. You owe me injustice as mine. We get mad. We want them to pay. Man, we want to get even. Man, we want them to know what they've done and how they've hurt us. We want them to pay for the offense that they've given us. We want to get even. We're innocent. We didn't do anything. We want to make you pay. And that was the pre Christ response. So what is the after Christ's response? Well, the after Christ's response is, God, he forgave me, so I'll forgive you. Go ahead, write that down. God forgave me, so I'll forgive you. Jesus taught this during his ministry on the earth through these disciples. He was teaching them how to pray. And he says in Matthew six twelve, he said, this is how you pray. And in one area of the prayer, he said, Pray these words, forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our who? Forgiven our debtors. See, Jesus takes forgiveness to a whole nother level. It's not an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. It's I forgive you because God forgave me. And so he took forgiveness to a whole nother level. You see, forgiveness can fall into two categories. It's something we receive, but it's also something we give. So today, we're going to break down God's Word here, and we're going to look at, okay, who do we have to forgive, God? Who, who are you talking about here? How often? Why do we need to forgive? Come on, you don't know what they've done to me. I don't want to forgive them. And I was talking to my team leader, Sam, about this message, and we were texting back and forth. I said, mate, this is such an important message. It really is. It's huge, because where are we without forgiveness? And he texted me back one word and he said, Hell. And he's right. Without forgiveness, we're all doomed. (laughs) It's all all over. We're all in hell. Forgiveness is the central focus of the cross. As Jesus stood up there and he uttered those words, Father, forgive them. He was teaching us how important it is. They weren't just words. He was setting the stage to tell his disciples and his followers, and you and I, forgiveness is where it starts, and forgiveness is where it keeps going. It is the central focus of the cross. So, we're going to look at a uh, message here in Matthew 18. And it's a really cool text. It's a great piece of scripture. talks about a servant that was forgiven. And we're going to kind of break it down and talk about it and just find out, okay, really, really, why do I have to forgive? Because honestly, Miles, they don't deserve it. And so we're just going to go through it and talk about it. And um, when I look at this scripture, and I, I kind of studied it a little bit, and I'm thinking about Peter who was one of his disciples. And he was going through his mind about forgiveness, and he really didn't understand forgiveness, old Peter. And I'm sure he felt pretty good about himself, because he goes up to Jesus, right, and he says, Hey, Jesus, he says, How often should you forgive someone? Seven times? like, that's a big deal, right? And I can just imagine Peter's probably been through something. Maybe he just got offended by someone. Maybe he bought a camel down at the local camel lot and it had a bung leg and it didn't work. And he, he chose to forgive that person who he bought it off. And he's kind of feeling pretty good. And he, he says, you know, Jesus, how often? And Jesus answers him and says, no, 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 mate. No, it's not seven. It's 70 times seven. So I can just imagine Peter is trying, okay, what, what is 70 times 7 times? He's trying to, 49, he's trying to work out the number. And before he gets the chance to work out the number, Jesus just, just is plowing into a whole message about forgiveness. Poor old Pete, he's left back there trying to work out, to calculate the number. And Jesus says these words, verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his counts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. Verse 24. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed millions of dollars. We're talking millions, a huge debt, okay? Massive debt. Verse 25, what does it say? He couldn't pay. He couldn't pay. So the master ordered that he be sold, yes, sold, with his wife and his kiddos and everything he owned to pay the debt. You see, in those days, in the biblical times, It was a law that if you couldn't pay the debt, you could be sold into slavery. Or you could be thrown into prison until your debt had been paid. Now, I just just wonder, okay? If that was the law today, what would we be thinking when we went into debt? We probably would think twice about buying that plasma TV, right? We'd probably think twice about buying those pair of shoes that we didn't really need or or getting that iPhone just because someone else is... We would probably think twice about going into debt. Verse 26, but the man fell down before his master and begged him. I can just sense the emotion in these words as he's been condemned to slavery with his wife and kids. He says, please, he's begging, please, please. Be patient with me, and I'll pay it all. Verse 27. Then the master was what? He was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave the debt. Beautiful story of this servant who'd been released from this massive debt. So who are the characters in this story? Who is the master and the king? Who is that? It's God, right? That's that's who that is. Who is the servant? Us. We the servant in this story. And there are some lessons that we are going to learn from the forgiven servant. If you're taking notes, write this down. Lesson number one, the debtor can't always repay you. Verse 24, in the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed millions of dollars. Now, scholars actually say that it was worth billions in today's currency. And verse 25, he couldn't pay. So often in life, The debtor can't repay you. Now, we all have this debt that we can't repay. I'm not talking about your mortgage, and I'm not talking about those five easy payments for that Snuggie that you bought online that you think no one else found about. We know you bought that Snuggie. God help you. We'll we'll pray for you. But we're talking about a sin debt that Jesus paid for us. But there are also... uh, there are also these things that the debtor can't repay. Maybe the debtor in your life is someone who you shared something in confidence and they just blurted it out to the world. Maybe you told them something in private and they threw it out there on Facebook. Now it's there for the whole world to see. Well, that debtor can't repay you. They, they can't take it off. It's, it's, it's out there. The word is gone. Or maybe you've had this argument with your spouse And you've said something or they've said something to you and it's just wounded you. You can't go back in time. You can't rewind the clock. That person that's offended you may not be able to repay you. And so the first thing you have to understand is they can't always repay you. They can't fix it. They can't rewind the clock. They can't take the words back. It's out there. It's done. It's It's happened. I remember this this was real, uh, something that happened to me when I was about 20 years old, I got a job for a construction company, and they asked me to build this building, and it was the first time I'd been on a building site, really, and and I don't know how I got the job, but I did. Well, I put the thing in the wrong place, and uh, yeah, I just said it. I put the thing, the building, I started the building in the wrong place. Now, I'm not talking about parking your car in the wrong car park, or dropping your kids off to the wrong life kids. I'm saying, I put the building in the wrong place, and so here I am, 20 years old, right? I, I had a Probably a pair of board shorts, a tennis racket, and a surfboard to my name. That's it. All right? That's it. That's my total net worth, probably 100 bucks. And uh, my boss said, oh, my goodness, it cost tens of thousands to move it. Luckily, it wasn't in the wrong city. I mean, we're on the right property, just kind of in the wrong place. And it hadn't finished. We're kind of halfway through. But still, I couldn't repay that. I didn't have the money. So my boss paid that debt for me. We moved the building and got it finished. But often, the debtor can't always... Repay you. But here's a truth that we need to learn from this forgiven servant story. The offended can always show mercy. Write that down. The offended can always show mercy. Verse 27. Then the master was what? He was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave the debt. We have to show mercy. Another Interesting aspect of offenses is often the person who offends us doesn't even know it. Now I get this all the time. I'm I'm often at church and you know, on the weekends and I'm walking down the hallways, kind of meeting and greeting, and doing my thing. I find out like weeks later that someone's just mad at me. They're spewing bricks, they're dark, they're hurt because I didn't say hello to them. And I'm thinking, I didn't see you. You know, if I would have seen you, I would have said hello. And they're all mad and they're all twisted. And I, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Often, we, we, they don't even know the offense. Um, this plays out in so many areas of our life. Maybe we've got kids, and we go to the local sports game. You know, our kids are in basketball, and we're watching the clock because our kid doesn't get the same playing time as another kid. And here's this coach trying to work out, and they're, and they're playing, I don't know, whether it's footy or they're playing baseball or something, and our kid's not getting the same playing time, and we're mad at that coach. Man, we're sending emails. We're offended. We're hurt. And the coach, you don't even know. He's just trying, to get, just trying to get all these kids on the team. Or maybe ladies... You didn't get invited to that baby shower. Or maybe you didn't get that Christmas card, and you're all mad and twisted, and you've picked up an offense, and the person doesn't even know what they've done. The offended. We have to learn to show mercy. I get offended real easy. I mean real easy when I drive. You see, here's what I don't understand. There's a speed limit, all right? That's the speed you're supposed to go. You don't go less than the speed limit, all right? If the speed limit is 55, you go 55. I can't stand people that go slower than the speed limit. I mean, it's ungodly. It's unrighteous. They're breaking the law because they're going slower. They need to repent and go to... And, and, and Anyway, so I'm driving behind this car one day, right up on the bumper bar. It's not doing the speed limit, is it? It's slower, like, like 10 miles slower Anyway, I'm up on the back, and I'm trying to get the point across, and I'm you know, flashing the lights. I'm trying to pull out, and I can't because traffic's coming. Finally, I pull out, and I look over, and there's this old driver. With, we're holding the steering wheel, the 2 o'clock and the 10 o'clock, looking at the gauges, all real safety. I look over and think, who is this person? And you know the stare that you give people? You think that stare's going to hurt them. I'm like, you yeah, know, give them the stare. So I look over, and I give them the stare, and it's Craig Groeschel. No, it wasn't. But he does drive like an old lady, let me tell you. But it's this old lady and she's like driving and I look at her and she's about to crash and have a heart attack and I'm thinking, I'm going to hell. I am going to hell. I'm a loser. I had this offense. I'm wanting to get even. I'm wanting blood and she didn't even know it. Poor old lady. We pick up this offense so easily. We have to learn to go through life showing mercy. We talked about the story of the forgiven servant. Well, that's only half of the story. There's actually a lot more to it. So let's look into the rest of the story. forgiven this tremendous debt. We're talking millions of dollars. He's just, I'm free man, I got no debt. Could you imagine not having a mortgage payment, not having a car payment, everything paid off free and clear. The guy is like, I am a free man, no debt, no worries. And he comes out and he comes across a servant and this servant owed him a thousand dollars and he grabs him by the neck and starts choking him demanding payment I mean what is up with that and the guy couldn't pay so he had him thrown into prison so then the king about this who had forgiven him that huge tremendous debt and he calls him before him and says you evil servant I forgave you this tremendous debt because you pleaded with me shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just like I had mercy on you and then the angry king he throws him into prison to be tortured until he can pay the entire debt And this is what your Heavenly Father will do for you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Why would God be so harsh? Why would he say such a thing? I believe it's because God knows that unforgiveness puts you in a prison. Unforgiveness is like sipping poison expecting the other person to die. Unforgiveness puts you in a prison. What about uh, you today? Are you in a prison? Have you uh, had unforgiveness in your heart for so long that you've just learned to live with it? And uh, we always think forgiveness is going to benefit the other person. But what you got to understand today is forgiveness benefits you. See, forgiveness unlocks the door to that prison and lets you escape and be free. And um, I understand that as we talk about this issue, there are some major offenses out there. I mean, huge. And so what do we do when the offense is just so great? What do we do when the offense just seems too big? What do we do when we say, Miles, you don't know my situation. You don't know what I've gone through. What do we do when the offense is so great that we just can't even picture ever forgiving that person? You say, Miles, you don't realize that I had a father and he would come home and he was drunk and he would beat the living daylights out of my sister and my brother. And then he'd lay into my mom and he would hit her over and over again while we hid in the bedroom hoping that it would stop. Or well, you say, Miles, I married someone and I said for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, and it wasn't too long that they turned on me and had an affair and ran off with someone else. Or what do you say when, Miles, you don't understand there was this drunk driver and he hit a family member and injured or killed them. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've faced. You don't know how it's affected me. Or what about maybe as a kid growing up, you were molested over and over again by a family member and that's crippled you and has put you in a prison and you say, Myles, I could never forgive that person. Or what about you had a coach and he said, you're a loser. You'll never be anything. You're a failure. You'll never make it. Or you had a teacher that said you're worthless. How do you forgive that person? And let me just stop and say, it's not easy. I'm not going to tell you three steps to forgive them and it's done. Because when I was... When I was a little kid, six years old, somebody did something to me that should never have happened to an innocent little six-year-old. The pain and the suffering that affected me for years, I didn't deserve it, and you didn't deserve it either. And as I went through that as a little kid, just innocent, just, just... I said, what do you do with that? And for years, I, 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 I struggled with that. And it was, it was into my teenage years as my relationship with God grew. And I started to see how much my heavenly Father loved me. And I started to see just exactly what Jesus did when he hung on the cross When I started to learn that as he stood and hung on the cross, that he carried every pain and sin imaginable to man, that he's hung there and carried pornography and adultery and affairs and lies and every evil thing. And he did that because of his love for me and his love for you. That gave me a glimpse into God's love is greater than the offence. I want you to write that down. I want you to own that and believe that. As bad as it is as what you've been through, you've got to know that God's love is greater than any offense. Years later, I came across this verse, Matthew 6, 14, and it says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, verse 15. But if you do not forgive men their sins, now listen to this, Please, please listen to this. Your Father will not forgive your sins. As hard as it is, forgiveness is a choice. And so often in life, we want to try and forget. We want to try and manage. We want to try and push that offense as far away from us as we can. But here's my challenge to you today. I want us to remember. I want us to remember So that we can make a step towards forgiveness. Because when Jesus hung on the cross, he prayed that prayer. And that step that we all need to take towards forgiving that person starts with prayer. Because I don't expect you to forgive them today or tomorrow. But by taking a step towards prayer invites Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, into your heart to do something that you can't. God can come in and turn your heart around that you can forgive and you can let go and you can be free from that prison. Look, he did it for me. I know he can do it for you. But it starts with a choice that you choose to make that step towards forgiveness through prayer. And God can do something that we can't. You can say, Miles, that's impossible. I can never forgive that person let me tell you what's impossible with man is possible for God God can do more than we could even imagine and as we make that step towards forgiveness through prayer God can change your life by his love and his grace Craig says that prayer doesn't always change the other person but prayer always changes you The reason this is such an important subject is forgiveness holds us in a prison. We're the ones suffering. And God wants to set us free today. God wants to set you free today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I pray and ask you to come. Into our lives, I ask that your presence will fall wherever someone is listening to this message. By your spirit, by your power, God, I welcome and I ask the Holy Ghost to come and do a work in our hearts that we can't do. What's impossible for man is possible for God. With heads bowed and eyes closed... I want to do something that you may have not done for a long, long time. I want you to picture that person who has offended you so greatly that you know you need to forgive. And um, I'm going to pray a prayer of forgiveness for you. I understand the rawness and the pain, and you may not be able to pray it, but by faith you can agree with me. And this can be a step towards unlocking the prison that you're in to release you. Because you're the one that's suffering through this deal. And God wants to see you free. God, we pray for every person. That God, as they have that mental picture of that person that has offended them. Or maybe they have a mental picture of someone they know who has been offended. God, I want to pray a prayer of forgiveness over that person. God, by your power and by your spirit, we choose to forgive today. God, we don't feel like it, but because of your word, because of the truth of your gospel, because of what Jesus did, you are our example, God, and we choose to forgive today. We pray for that person. We pray, God, that you would forgive them. We pray, God, that you would help us to forgive them. We pray, God, that you would do something in our hearts that we have been unable to do. God, that you would let forgiveness come over us, that we would be able to forgive, that we would be able to let go, that we would be able to move on, that God, that hurt of that spouse, or that hurt of that loved one, or that hurt of that family member, or or, or that person, that evil that has been done to us, God, we let them go. We release them of that debt. Father, we forgive them in the name of Jesus, and as we believe that and agree on that, God, something in our hearts that we can never do. Still in an attitude of prayer, I want to pray for those of you, and you need to receive forgiveness today. You see, we're all born with a debt, and it's called sin. And we're all born separated from God, and Jesus died to pay the price. And maybe you've never fully surrendered your life to Christ or maybe, maybe you're the one who did that horrible offense. You have to hear me on this. God's love and mercy is greater and He can forgive you today if you ask Him, if you call on His name, if you receive it. It's there. It's available. Maybe you said, Miles, you don't know what I've done. It's just too bad. I don't, but God does, and he can forgive you. And at all of our locations, at all of our campuses, if you have never made the decision to put Jesus Christ first in your life, and you want to call on his name, and you say, God, forgive me. God, I don't deserve it. None of us do. But I ask today that you would forgive me of my sin that you would forgive me of the things I've done. God, that you would settle this and forgive me by your love and your grace at all of our locations, wherever you are. If that's you, you want forgiveness that is being offered today through the blood of Jesus Christ as he hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. He gives you that option. He gives you that choice. Would you receive it? If that's you, would you raise your hand boldly and say, yeah, I want to be forgiven. I want to be saved. Yeah, I see your hand over here. Others of you. Yeah, I see Your hand up there. I see your hand over here. Others, if that's you, you want to be forgiven. You want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to give your life to Him and know what it is to be saved. Yeah, I see your hand up there. Others. Yeah, down the front here. Others. Down the front here. Others. Come on. Mean business with God today. Call on His name. Yeah, I see your hand over there, young lady. Others. God, we love you. Your grace, your spirit. You can do it, God. Let's all pray a, a prayer with those who raise their hands. Let's pray a prayer together, calling on the name of Jesus, asking him to forgive our sins. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. And thank you that you love me. And I accept that today through faith. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Come on, let's celebrate with those who made that decision. People coming to Christ and surrendering their life.